You are now listening to the Unstucked Podcast, where we teach you actionable steps to get unstuck in your life, career, finances, and business. Here's your host, Khalil Dumas. What's going on, Unstucked fam? If you're loving the podcast, be sure to visit unstuck.com for more resources, ways to work one-on-one with me and my company, Unstucked, as well as our free Unstucked guide to help you get unstuck in your career, life, finances, and business. I'm so happy you're here for the ride, and now on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Unstuck Podcast. I'm your host, Khalil Dumas. Today, I'm joined by another one of my favorite content creators and influencers, Daniel Kading. Daniel is a LinkedIn marketing expert, among other things that we're going to get into today. Hey, Daniel. Hey, good to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm going to have some fun with this for sure. Yes, yes. I've been wanting to speak to you for a while. For those of you that may not know this, Daniel was actually like a day one supporter when I first got onto TikTok. He was actually one of the first people I connected with. And I really loved your energy. And I also just really loved your tips about LinkedIn marketing, which we'll get into today. And I want to hear a lot about that. But first and foremost, what's your story? How did you stumble into content creation via TikTok and Instagram? And kind of what's your goal and your mission? Yeah, I remember. I think I remember the video. I was super struck by it. I was like, this is awesome. Hit you with a comment. I think you responded right away. I was like, sweet. That's always good to see. But yeah, you've uh, definitely grown a lot. And it's awesome to witness and be a part of that and to be one of the first people saying you got this, you know? So yeah, I feel inclined to give you the bullet points because I feel like I ramble about this. But yeah, let me just roll through it. I got my start with writing back in... I was in high school. I picked up some books by Jim Morrison from my library. I watched the movie The Doors. You know, I fell in love with all that poetry stuff. And it had a very uh, cliche meaning to me in the beginning. But then I got into it and I really fell in love with the process. And I've been writing for the last 15 years, prose poetry and short stories, vignettes. And and I started doing performance poetry eventually for uh, a local slam. Started competing in front of, you know, 200 plus strangers sometimes. Um, and yeah, it really pushed me, challenged me to create something that the audience would really engage with and enjoy. And that was so much fun. Eventually, kind of became a little bit of an institution there and, and started to develop a name for myself. But yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And in that process, got back into school. I was working for a terrible manufacturing job that I just did not like. I was a square peg in a corporate world. I didn't like the feeling of not having control over my success and having to depend on some boss in a cubicle somewhere who doesn't know me, doesn't know my worth, isn't really ready to you know help me flourish in that way. So my daughter was born. She's almost four years old now. Well, congratulations. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Light of my eye, uh, apple of my eye, as they say. And yeah, she uh, really inspired me just being there to get back into school. So I finished my marketing degree. In the process of finishing that, COVID hit. My internship ended that I had. Slamming got canceled. And so yeah, I just, you know, like a lot of people, had that little restart moment. And I knew that I wanted to be on LinkedIn. I had heard Gary V screaming at me enough about it. And he'd do those conferences and he'd be like, You'd be like, 99% of you are not going to do any of this. You're going to walk out of here. You're not going to post anything on Twitter. You're not going to say anything to anybody. And I was like, I'm not going to be that 99%. I didn't even go to the thing. I was just watching the YouTube videos. And I'm like, I'm not going to be that 99%. So yeah, I started posting on LinkedIn. I started sharing the insights that I was taking from my marketing school that I was doing online. A lot of the people in the classes were not that motivated to sit there and go back and forth about marketing concepts like people on LinkedIn. So I found a community on there, developed my brand started meeting with people, 
just having coffee talks and just you know sharing insights with each other. And I found that the things I thought were really obvious were not obvious at all and started uh, freelancing. So that grew into what it is now. I've been developing content for business owners, basically people that don't have the chops to write or they don't have the time to write. Developing a 700 to 1300 character long piece on LinkedIn is uh, a challenge for a lot of people to do multiple times a week. And so I ghostwrite for my clients. I develop their brand voice. I figure out ways for them to execute what content pillars to focus on. I help them optimize their profiles and make it so that when people show up to their page from their awesome content and their great vibes that they're sending out there in the LinkedIn algorithm, that they have that push to do a specific thing, whether that's to follow, join an email list, schedule a meeting, because I work with a lot of consultants and people like that. So yeah, that's what I've been doing. And I just came on with a, a brand doing TikTok script writing now. So I'm pumped to be doing that. So transitioning some of my copywriting skills from LinkedIn over to that side of things. So couldn't be more excited. Big things are happening and it's a ton of fun. That's great. And a couple of things you mentioned. Well, first and foremost, you know, that was a huge reason why I joined TikTok and I want to kind of hear from your end, but the things that we kind of assume are commonplace and common knowledge typically aren't, right? And especially in the expert space, we tend to think, oh, everyone knows about this. Everyone knows this. I don't need to say it again. And then you get on a medium like TikTok and you make a video, right? That seems very simple, but a ton of people find value, right? And they're like, I never thought about this or I never like personally, uh, you were someone that reinvigorated me to get into LinkedIn marketing. And I really want to talk about that in a little bit here. But what has like TikTok and social media done for not only your business, but your life and kind of restarting, like you mentioned, what has it done for you? Uh, everything. This uh, came up on the podcast I did earlier. And yeah, it's that creator economy. It's uh, the chance to have a little slice of the pie. I think that this new age of entrepreneurship that's happening through creators and the economy that's surrounding the creators, I think that it's giving people a, a second chance or an opportunity, especially for a lot of financially stretched millennials and Gen Zers the opportunity to start a business with $0 down or very minimal money down. You know, I call it the uh, return on investment of time, you know, ROIT instead of ROI. That's what you're putting into social media. And I think that really speaks to a lot of people. And this might speak to you where it's like, there's an opportunity there. And all I have to do is tap into it in some special way through a strategy, whatever that may be, maybe a little bit of luck, but also, yeah, a lot of strategy and, and just thinking what appeals to the human perspective. And I think that it's everything, social media for sure, but just the ability to express myself and build a brand around my insights. I grew up an only child. I'm an INFJ personality type. I write a ton. There's a lot going on inside my head. And so having an outlet has also been really cool for me too. And I tell my clients, I'm like, you can express yourself and you can grow your business all at the same time. You know, like there's no reason that you can't be yourself through your content, grow your business, connect with people in an authentic way, and especially through video and TikTok. You know, since we're on that subject, like just creating that portal into your life, not really adding too much pizzazz. I know you're probably a lot better at editing and stuff than I am, but yeah, like you can get by without it too. And, and you can just, you know, focus on capturing someone's attention and speaking to their heart. And you know what? Everybody knows where you work at the end of the day. Like, you, you know, just create an awesome message and they'll be like, Oh, cool. You work at XYZ. They hire cool people like you, you know, like there's so many things that can happen from that. So. Absolutely. I love that. I was, I kind of got a little smirk on my face because you said you're an INFJ. I'm an ENFJ. So we're like right there together. Oh, that's, that's my wife. Yeah. My wife's an ENFJ. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like the second most rare. So that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, hell yeah. That's really cool. And I love that you said about TikToks. I think that's been one of the biggest benefits. Um, I just made a post yesterday about like when I first got onto TikTok, how I had this ledger of things that meant success on TikTok, right? I think a lot of it, people focus on dollar values, they focus on followers, but a lot of the success that I've now deemed and defined for myself on TikTok now is to your point, first and foremost is expressing yourself. You know, I always say, if you don't express yourself, you'll resent yourself. And I've gone through that, right? And especially when you talk about being a corporate peg, right? That maybe, you know, something you don't love. If you're doing that day in and day out, that energy rubs off on you. And I think all of us have dealt with that. I'm 28 and I can think back to when I was 22, 23. I'd show up to work early, I'd meditate, and I'd write down kind of what I wanted for my ideal life. But I realized once I went into work, my energy shifted, right? Because I'm in somewhere where I really didn't want to be, but I had to be. So what I've seen now and kind of where I stand today is, you know, my nine to five actually I love because I've utilized TikTok in a way to build a portfolio. I have this podcast now, and it's really helped me fully express myself because to your point, that can be very difficult in nine to five, especially when you're hired to do one thing, people really only get to see one side of you. And I don't think people put enough value and enough weight on how much that can shape you and also how much that can be a detriment to you if you're day in and day out unhappy. And so I always recommend to my, not only my clients, but just friends, like get on there, just start talking about what you love doing. Like if you're into Star Wars, talk about Star Wars. If you're into like, like you said, you're into marketing, talk about it. I wanted to create a platform around people getting unstuck because what I saw right? As everyone's seeing that end result, I wanted to show people what this kind of beginning middle area looks like. And in six months, right, I've been able to like now talk about this message of like, I've got some good followings, but really where a lot of the utility has come from TikTok is expressing myself, growing my network, being able to talk to awesome folks like yourself, like after this call and be like, how can I help you? You know, how can you help me type of deal? So it's been really, really fantastic. And as we kind of, you know, look at all of these marketing mediums, right? The sexy one right now is TikTok. And I know Pinterest back in the day was kind of the big, big dog on campus, but you talk about LinkedIn. And I'll be honest with you. When I heard LinkedIn, I was like, ugh, that place. And honestly, as I've started to really check it out and dig a little bit, I found that it's very valuable. So I want to hear your take. Like, What are some things that marketing experts are missing? Yeah. When people think of LinkedIn, I feel like the eye roll usually follows. And yeah, it's well-deserved. I think Microsoft could do a little bit more to develop the platform to just catch up. I think that LinkedIn was not ready to become a content machine. And overnight, it really did. And that's why the DMs are so incredibly advanced compared to you know, the rest of the platform. So luckily, the crackdown on sales DMs has happened. And that's awesome too, because we all get tired of that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think a lot of what marketing experts are missing today is the level of authenticity that can be built, just really sharing their story and relating it back. Everybody feels inspired to just talk about the stuff that they think their exact target audience is going to appreciate. That's it. That's all they want to talk about. So how companies and individuals can leverage LinkedIn, the storytelling aspect where you connect so much of your rich background with your current uh, situation, your current job, or what you're doing within your business. Everybody wants to talk directly to their target audience, and that's only a micron of what they have and what's available to them. When there's so many other people out there, so many other dynamics and groups that would want to hear your message and want to hear about your story, your process, your background. And it seems like a lot of the people that I work with think to themselves, they're like, Dan, I can't just create LinkedIn tips like you. I can't be like, I'm a, a you know, photography tips taught a lot. You know, I'm like, yeah, but you don't have to create content just like me. I'm like, just because you see me doing it this way doesn't mean that. 
that's the way you should do it. And so I always try to show people that direction where, and, and it's liberating. It's absolutely liberating for people because they're, they're like, oh, finally, I can talk about something other than just my job and my work and, and all this. Like at the end of the day, it all relates back to that process because what we do for work is a huge part of our lives. So I think that those two should go hand in hand and that they should both, you know, sort of benefit each other in that way. Absolutely. And that's a great point. And when you look at LinkedIn marketing, which is something that I'm not only encouraging my current company to look at, but just my own business, what I find is that it's a really nice medium of uh, professionals that are already there, right? So like you've built this network of LinkedIn professionals through your various jobs. You have a very targeted pointed audience that's waiting and looking for information on how to improve their nine to five, right? Whereas opposed to TikTok kind of gives you this huge net that you cast for intake. LinkedIn is like that nurturing platform. It's I look at LinkedIn a lot like I look at Instagram. So from your perspective, like what are some things that LinkedIn does really well? And what are some things that you think they can improve on in the platform? I know you mentioned um, it wasn't really ready to be a content machine and it's kind of starting to shift that way. Can you give us a little insight into that? Yeah. So the biggest things that LinkedIn could improve upon is the functionality inside the comments and how quickly that stuff works, how quickly it updates. There will be some times where you'll be on the desktop version, you'll go to your profile and you'll go down and you'll you'll know that you had four or five reactions and a whole bunch of comments, but it's not showing yet. So you have to go back up and refresh it again and then come down. So there's little glitchy things like that that have to do with the profile, have to do with the communication back and forth. I think it's only a matter of time before little things like that can be fixed. That seems like a quick fix for a social media company. So I hope to see that in the future. What I think LinkedIn does really well, I feel like when you talk to people on LinkedIn, LinkedIn really pays attention to that. And that ends up being a point that you can leverage as a, as an, for me, an engagement marketer where I'm focused on those touch points of, of people communicating back and forth. LinkedIn rewards that. So when you have a DM conversation with somebody, you know, no sales pitch, DM conversation, you thank somebody for engaging on your content. Uh, as soon as that conversation is over, even if they just simply reply and say, yeah, you're welcome. No problem. Yada, yada. Even if it just stops right there, the LinkedIn algorithm is immediately like, Hey, these two are close. They know each other. So I'm going to cross pollinate even more of X, Y, Z's content with this new person's following. So that allows more room for you to build trust through that organic connection. So it's just really interesting because like you start engaging with one person and before you know it, your entire following is also engaging with that person. And so there's this cross pollinating effect that I think is really unique. And also the fact that when you go to someone's page, they see that you went to their page. Uh, not always, but you know, if they have premium, they definitely do. You know, so then there's also premium, you know, like there's not nearly as many ads on the platform because of that, because they have that income stream from people that are paying sometimes 160 bucks a month to use the platform. Uh, they've luckily cracked down on a lot of the sales DM problems. You can't send 10,000 a month now. You can only send, uh, I think, 400, which is still a problem. But um, <laughs> I, I, I am a rebel against that stuff and I'm fighting back against it with my content and uh, talking about a ton of things social selling now too, because I've been doing a lot of it. Absolutely. Yeah. When I think about LinkedIn now too, it's thought leadership. You know, I'm a CX executive and expert, and that's where I like to share a lot of my, you know, very technical information and people receive it really well. Because again, they're there to look at, right, their friends' job updates. They're there to try to look for maybe some ideas that they didn't think of, right? Folks are sharing articles. So to your point, I do see LinkedIn as like a goldmine down the road because if they make a couple more tweaks, if they do what kind of Instagram has done for the past decade, which is any platform that comes out, 
out, we're just going to kind of copy and paste it onto our platform so that we have all the functionality. If LinkedIn does a tenth of that, we become a behemoth because now you have a very, very targeted audience of professionals more than any platform has seen. Talk to us about like when you get a client or you have a business come reach out for LinkedIn strategy or now TikTok strategy or copywriting, what does that client look like? And what are some of the key learnings that you've seen right now, either working with the client now or in the past? That client looks like a business owner that has accepted what you were just saying, is that there is a gold mine here and there's people out there that I want to talk to and I want to find some way to build trust with them and connect with them. I feel like I get a lot of business owners all over the map, but it does seem like a lot of the people that I worked with are in that consulting space and they really just they want that book of business that's not that massive, you know, 10 to 20 people. Eventually they'd love to scale, but right now they're a one-person show. And yeah, I, I think that that's oftentimes who I'm working with. And they want to take advantage of this opportunity. They want to share their story in some sense. They're not completely off limits when it comes to like social media. They they understand those types of things. But um, I think they're also confused about what to do and how to do it the correct way. And you can take the transcript from a TikTok and paste it in the written form on LinkedIn and it will perform terribly because it just doesn't read right. And so like there is that aspect uh, when it comes to creating on the platform of not knowing what to do and just wanting to have that guiding light and just a little bit of a helping hand to figure out the right route to go. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's key is when I talk and when I consult with my clients, um, I just recently did this, I always kind of start off with saying any platform that you're going on to the first time is going to require overcorrection. I used to run tracking college and every time you'd had to change your running form, you'd have to over-exaggerate it so that when you were in the normal state, you were already performing higher than you would. And I explain that same concept to my clients. That right there. I'm just saying that right there. Those are the type of stories that I'd love to see come out. You relating that back to your past. Anyway, sorry, I just wanted to point that out. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. So like when you are initially consulting someone, right, you have to explain all those things that you're going to have to overcorrect. You're going to have to put more effort in, right? You're going to have to post on TikTok two to three times. You're going to have to post on LinkedIn every single day. You're going to have to post on Pinterest three times, four times a week just to get that memory going, just to get your infrastructure set up. And to your point earlier, right, just so you can understand the structure and how you need to put the content out. Because once you have that, right, you're just backlogging content and you're sending it through that same funnel. You're sending it through in that same structure. And I think a lot of companies overemphasize how much effort they need to put in. They think that that overcorrection phase needs to take years when that maybe takes a month if you do it right. Um, and can really open you up to be able to actually sustain and post on every platform. Something I see today is companies and individuals are choosing one or two platforms. And I think that's great to do to build an initial audience. But eventually, you have to realize that you have to go meet every single client on all of these different platforms and all these different stages. So in your practice with LinkedIn and, and TikTok, like what are some key things that have, I'm a business owner right now, like, like what should I be doing right now? Like what are some of the things on LinkedIn or TikTok? Like what are some of those things that I should be doing that maybe we haven't mentioned yet? Good one. I think that building a community, no matter where you go, is going to be the backbone of anything that you do. You know, I always say build a community before you need one. And when that day gets there, and I know I probably stole that from somebody, but build a community before you need one. And it just, it inspires you too. There's a lot of content that can come from that. Like your podcast is a content machine. You can, you distribute so much of this in so many different directions. And, and so a lot of people just need to start looking at the things they do in that same sort of light. 
try to build themselves around this, uh, I guess, creation machine of, you know, like there is that focus of like trying to get back to like building it from the ground up from a very organic sense from your business and making it fresh and, and constantly improving upon that. But I think with TikTok and being a business owner, building a community and building content around that community is so effective because you also get to give shout outs to people. You get to give praise. Uh, you get to say, hey, I thought this was awesome. What else do you think about this? Who do you want to call out in the comments? There's so much extra that can come from that. And when those communications are genuine and honest, people see that going back and forth. And I always talk about this guilty by association, but there's also trusted by association. And I swear, like all of my recent opportunities that have been happening over the last three weeks to a month have all just been because I knew one person that knew another person that knew another person. We communicated back and forth to kind of make that legitimate. And there's no like ulterior motive. It just kind of happens. And then before you know it, like you have a whole bunch of new people in a whole new ecosystem going back and forth with you. And it just continues to build from there. So I think every business owner should focus on that community. Uh, It not only feels great, but it, it just pays dividends for so long. And people talk about you. You know, just because you haven't sold something to someone doesn't mean they won't talk about you. Doesn't mean they won't be like, hey, Dan over here is talking about LinkedIn. You should go to him. No one on TikTok is talking about LinkedIn. Only a handful of people are. And I'm a total geek for it. So when the time comes, it's like, Dan, Dan should be the dude. I guess it's that niching down too as well. Like, you know, having that focus as well. But that's another subject too. So <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Community has been huge. And that's something that, you know, I've worked with companies like Target, DoorDash, T-Mobile. When I go to that C-suite and I say, you know, think about, T-Mobile building a micro community of influencers, of customers, of just fans, like not even customers. And I think that's the pivot we're seeing today with companies is they're moving from transactional, purely transactional. Like they only care about if that hook or that video or that piece of content is going to convert to profit. Totally understand. That's what capitalism is. That is what business is. But now there's this aggressive shift to a micro community, right? When you go to, for example, Target's TikTok page, right? Yes, they're selling you, but they're really building a community and a culture around their brand. And that's what a lot of people are missing. Chipotle does this the best. But being able to move outside of that transactional nature and back into what you said, which is being genuine and honest, which a lot of companies haven't done and still don't do today, people see that because now there are these aggressive moves by these big companies to be more community-based, right? And when you juxtapose that against someone who has an ulterior motive, you can hear it in the marketing. You can see it in the marketing, right? Pick and me, so, pick me, pick me. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. And that's going to become more and more glaring as I say the months go on. This isn't something that's going to take years. Like this is happening right now today and companies are making more or less because of it. So in your experience with building your TikTok brand, with building your business, what has that community done for you? I know for me personally, it's that place I can go to ask questions. It's research. It's also a profit center for myself. Like, Talk about what the community's done for you today. It means I don't have to Google search stuff nearly as much. Like, If I need something, I know someone in my network that can give me a genuine recommendation and, and they know so much more about it than I do. Like, Or, or even they don't have to. I'll just, just interacting with people. I found out about Calendly and I figured out my website card, you know, my one pager. And then you know, I, I learned about Loom through a, a free email I got from Justin Welsh. And I was like, whoa, Loom, what is this? I can record my screen? That completely changed my entire creation process because then I was able to record so easily on my phone and make TikToks with that. And and it just seems like one little piece falls into place. And so rather than going to Google and getting stuck in a sales funnel, 
for some random website and all that. You go to one of your friends online and you say, hey, what do you recommend? And before you know it, you have exactly what you need. I think that that's really like one of the coolest aspects of that. And then also you mentioned something else in regards to that community where, yeah, connection and support, encouragement. I mentioned vibes a lot of the time, but it's like you building a business is hard. And so it's like, having other creators in the same space as you, or maybe not even, but they're in the creator economy and they're trying to build something. They respect you. You respect them. It's not a pod dynamic. It's not fake engagement. You like each other. You know, like I saw your first video. I liked your video. I liked you. You know, I was like, this is cool. Like I dig this message. And from then on, I was like, I got to see all of these. So yeah, I think that's how it works. And you, and you become a fan and you also know that it's a way of giving back because you know that the algorithm is a tricky place. And so like you drop a comment, but like if the content's terrible, you keep scrolling, you know, like you're, you're not you're, <laughs> yeah. like at, at the end of the day, you're like, yeah, sorry, you didn't hit the nail on the head with that one. But you, you're back for another one because you want to hear what people say. You care about people's journey. And that's why I love vlogging too. I think vloggers are just geniuses sometimes because it's like people literally will wait on pins and needles for that next upload. You know, like I follow Bald and Bankrupt like crazy on YouTube and he's got like 3 million followers. But like every time that guy drops a new video, I'm like, I got to see what Benjamin is up to, you know, like what country is he in this time, you know? So I think that being able to create something like that, that's a community. That's people that are tapped into your story. And if brands are able to create that somehow, hats off to them. I think that big companies have it really tough because they they got to you know create their own personal brands out of this giant brand, if you will. So I imagine that pitching people, you know, CX with Target and stuff like that, those are some of the things you might encounter or some of the uh, things that come up. But yeah, it's uh, it's very fascinating to me. Absolutely. And talking about journeys. I want to pivot there because I know you're young, I'm young as well. And this journey of building a business in this ever-evolving digital space can be challenging. And I always talk about that it's not really the knowledge. It's not, you know, sometimes it can be business infrastructure, but really it's about you as a person. And that's why Unstucked exists is because that's usually the make or break in business and just really in life is your ability to handle change, your ability to want to learn. I feel that on you. Like you get excited to learn. You want to learn more and more. So in this journey that you've had building your business, what are some key things that you've learned as you're human, right? Like, what are some of the things you've had to work on, right? In this journey, what are some things that you, have you've learned, you know, whether that's being more resilient or being patient with yourself? Like, what are some of the key learnings that you've taken so far with being in this space and, and engaging in this community as well? I feel like I always have a metaphor for most of these questions, but I've thought about it. I'm an INFJ. What can I say? I've thought about it. And I should just make a shirt that says that. I'm an INFJ. I've thought about this before or something. Um, but yeah, like yeah. when I was a kid, I went on my first 14er with my mom. It was really hard. I, I got to the halfway point after like six hours or something. It was a pretty long hike. I finally had reached the timber line and I'm like looking at my mom, like, can I go back to the car? She's like, yeah, it's going to take a long time and you're going to be really disappointed. And I was like, yeah, that's true. She's like, you should just keep going. You're almost there. And she was like, at a conference one time when I was listening to this expert hiker talk about the secrets of hiking. And all he said was, you put one foot in front of the other until you make it to the top. And I remember her telling me that. And I just like walked really slowly. I was really exhausted. I don't know. I guess I was just going through a wimpy phase of hormonal youth. I don't know. But I was just not not feeling it. But I, I remember being like, I got to get up there. Like for one reason or another, I got to get up there. And I just shut my eyes. I looked at the ground and I just put one foot in front of the other super slowly until I all of a sudden could see like the top. And I remember that moment so vividly from when I was a kid. And like, I walked away from that hike feeling really like I had 
past a point in my life where I was like, yeah, I can do some things without really stressing about it. I just put one foot in front of the other and I can get there. And then I approached the same thing with skateboarding. Learning skating was one of the hardest things I've ever done. And it hurt like hell. It, it, you know, it cost a lot of money. It took up a lot of my time, but I absolutely loved it. And it taught me that growth mindset. So I guess how I get unstuck in the world or how I, you know, I pull myself out of that as a, someone trying to build a business. And when I'm creating content, I just think about that exact thing. Like, If you want to commit to something, if you want to learn something, you have to become obsessed with it to the point where the results are not necessarily an indicator of whether you're going to quit or not. You just keep creating and you keep focusing on the message. And if you are a community builder, you already know you're tapped into your audience. So if you keep listening to them and you keep doing what they're mentioning, they're bringing up that qualitative feedback that everybody's looking for. So I think that there's just so many benefits there. But yeah, just just sticking to it. And I haven't made it yet, but uh, I, I'm not giving up now. You know, I've already <laughs> I hit the eighth month mark and I've gotten through that six month period of feeling like a, a dopey freelancer without really knowing what to do. And so, yeah, I, I feel like you build confidence as time goes on and being growth minded is not looking at obstacles as, as obstacles, but just things to get over and, and, to, and to figure out. Absolutely. I want to take a pause there and just Say shout out to the moms because that is always, it's a very common strand. Every time I ask these questions, someone takes it back to their childhood and it's usually mom saying some awesome sayings. And my mom taught me something that I always think about and it's very similar to the analogy that you have, but she'd always just say when I get overwhelmed, still to this day when I call her, I'm overwhelmed or going through something, she's like, how do you eat an elephant? one bite at a time. Your bite today might be getting more sleep. Your bite tomorrow might be asking for help. Your bite today might be learning something new. You just never know what that is. And it's not your job. Your job is to, like you said, take it one step at a time, right? And and not get overwhelmed by everything in front of you. Because oftentimes with my business clients and my personal clients, a lot of the time is paralysis by analysis, you know? So that's usually what I have to, to help them work through is, I understand you want to get to that peak, but today we have to focus on that next step. And that next step right now is getting you to not look at every step. And that is a step. And it's like, whoa, I didn't think about it like that. So, you know, there's that piece of, you know, motivation that you were kind of talking about. But just in your own day-to-day, like how do you stay motivated and creative? I have some tips I want to share, but what are some of the things that you do that keep you motivated and creative when, when maybe you're not feeling it? Yeah, um... I'm always feeling it. I, I'm always like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm <laughs> super awesome. neurotic about my content creation and it drives my wife insane. And like, I'll dip out to go make a note or like save an idea because uh, one of my favorite writers, Hunter S. Thompson, would just sit there, uh, heavy boozer, you know, <laughs> always doing all kinds of stuff. But he was always sitting there just waiting, just waiting. And he'd get a jolt and he'd jump to the typewriter and he'd start writing and he wouldn't stop until he got his ideas down. And I feel like, a lot of people end up relating with that. And so I think like a lot of times, the hardest part for me is just figuring out when to not be doing that stuff, to have a little balance, to be like, okay, those ideas can wait for tomorrow. I think really the, the creativity, it comes in really quick doses and I have to like act on it. So maybe there's other creators out there that agree with this because everybody's always talking about that opposite side of things where it's like really hard to stay creative. But I almost struggle with the side of it where it's like, okay, where do I allocate my creativeness and when do I choose what times of day to do it? Because I'll get these weird bursts at like 11 o'clock at night and like I need to be, you know, going to bed and like not thinking about this stuff. But in my head, I'm like, but this is good. This, I can't let this go. You know, like it's that artist's quest for like the next thing, you know? 
But uh, yeah, what I do is I'll, I'll try to seize the moment when I'm driving or I'm not with my daughter or not, you know, sitting next to my wife on the couch or whatever I'm doing. I'm a stay-at-home dad, so I take care of my daughter a lot of the time until she gets into preschool. So I do have a lot of moments where I'll just have my AirPods in. I have a nice note section. I don't use Notion or anything like that. Uh, I just have a LinkedIn, a TikTok, a Twitter, and then I'll, I'll save ideas into there and then group them out later. And then, yeah, just keep those ideas coming out because it seems like those quick moments are so fleeting and they disappear on you and you don't have time to capture them. And if you don't, I always feel like I'm going to regret it. I feel deep sorrow when I forget an idea that I knew was damn good and I was so excited about it. So yeah, one more thing on that. I had a teacher in my early years in college. She was awesome. She was mystical. It was She was like the narrator from Lord of the Rings almost. like She, she had a way, a way with her words, but she always talked about allowing the interruptions as a creative writer. You know, this was well before smartphones, but like just bring a journal with you, be ready to like allow yourself to be interrupted as a content creator because those ideas that come up in your day to day are, are so good and they're so relatable and it may be interrupting, but that to me sometimes is what it takes to do it. And it's just like, hey, Siri, whip out your phone save it, you know, like, and then deal with it later, but at least capture it if you can. And I understand that's not always the case for everyone, but in those moments when you're driving or you, you, you have those moments of, of clarity when you need to be focusing on the road, but you're thinking about stuff, it's like, come on, we have the technology, let's just save it, you know, and, and come back to it later and just allow those interruptions. Yeah, I love that. That's like a huge takeaway that I'm going to even take is, and that's something that in the writing community, like with writer's block, they always recommend, right? That you just go out and do something else, like stop writing. You've been writing too long and allow those interruptions to happen, which to any entrepreneur out there would look at you and be like, are you serious? Like allow the interruptions to happen. Don't you think I should be cutting out the interruptions or the distractions? And I love the way you put it, right? You know, you allow those to happen because in those moments when you're not thinking about things, those ideas come to you. And my last episode with the corporate Chase, Chase Coleman, that's exactly kind of what we talked about too, is like when you have that energetic burst, when you feel creative, take advantage of that. That's the time to make 12 videos. That's the time to write three blog posts, right? That's the time to capitalize on that energy. And that's the first kind of example that I would give is like, when you have that creative burst, utilize it. And then also shout out to Brittany Welsh from Manifesting with Brit. We were chit-chatting just about some techniques about how to stay motivated and how to manifest correctly. And she gave me this really awesome idea, which is we've created a note section in, in my phone. It's 10 to 15 minute tasks. So the night before I write down all the tasks I need to do that are under 15 minutes, feeding the dog, right? Uh, making breakfast, brushing your teeth, right? There's so many tasks in the day that we just do without documenting, right? We don't check that off as an accomplishment. We just, they're habits at that point. So bringing more awareness to your current habits. And then also what this allows you to do is input maybe one or two bullet points that are new. Maybe it's something you want to start. And so what I've learned is like, I've looked forward to completing that task list and I broke that up too. So I, under that task list, I also have two to three big tasks that take more than an hour. My assistant and an, and an employee of mine, they have access to that. So they're actually able to put in tasks for me throughout the week so that I need to work on so that I'm aware of it. And so being able to one, understand like what your habits are, right? It seems a little daunting, but it actually is really fun because like at the end of the day, I'm like, holy crap. I did a lot. And some days I find myself like being super motivated. Like I want to add that list. I want to like get after it. Other days I'm just like, just trying to get through the list. But I know that like, if I get to this list, 
I'll complete it. And, you know, some folks might be listening to this and be like, that's what a way to live. Like you're living by a list. Like, and not everyone has that. And really it's just bringing awareness to your current and future habits. And that's how we manifest. And so shout out to Britt. That's something that has been helping me tremendously. This has helped me sleep better because I'm someone at night that when I lay in bed, I think about everything. It's helped me know like, okay, I can roll over my phone and put in a 15 minute task and I'm off to bed. But being aware of the tasks you're doing and then also utilizing that creative energy are some great ways to stay motivated. Anything in general that you want to share with listeners that maybe you haven't gotten a chance to share, or even some of your your fans and followers that are listening to this, anything that you want to share with them today? Uh, yeah, some inspiration. It's difficult out there. I was just chatting with someone in my comments on LinkedIn who was like, you know, I'm, to- I'm so terrified to share any of this with the world. And how do you do it? Like a genuine question. I was like, awesome. Yeah, let me, let me use all 1200 characters to explain this because like, I'm like that. So I think that there's people shouting about authenticity that are not all that authentic. And then there's like people that are just blazing every inbox they can to try and make a sale. And then there's people out there that are just giving away their heart and soul on the internet to just make connections and meet people. And, and I think that there's such an opportunity in all of that to connect with people, whether it's on TikTok or it's on LinkedIn or it's Twitter, and really just go the extra mile for people in your community and, and to answer questions. I, I see so many people in the B2B space on LinkedIn that are so against answering questions in the DMs and like referring people to a consulting page. Uh, and it's like, well, does it really take that much out of your day to like show that you're an expert about something? Isn't it fun to be good at something? Like anytime someone asks my dad about HVAC, because he used to run an HVAC company, heating and ventilation, air conditioning, he will just start going about it. And it's like, you know, people get excited about that stuff. And I think um, it's just so important for everyone to just get out there and and like actually compile their thoughts into something that feels right and, and feels true to themselves and stop worrying so much about who out there is going to troll you or going to really hate what you have to say. Because if you're coming at it from that authentic lens of like, I just want to share my life with people, I don't see how it can work out in a bad way. And the I think we're also putting barriers in front of ourselves and saying no well before we've gotten a chance to say yes. And that that's actually Gary Vee. I don't want to take that. But yeah, Gary Vee said that in one of his things. And, and I... Gary Vee comes up a lot on my podcast. <laughs> I know, I know. Let's just skip past it. We're always talking about Gary Vee. But yeah, no, I, I think it's true though. Yeah, like people are, are putting barriers in front of themselves because they are afraid and rightfully so. And when I got up on stage my first few times to do slam poetry, I was shaking and I couldn't breathe and I was nauseous. And I think as time goes on, you just get better at this stuff. And as terrified as you are, just uh, the the things you learn are right on the other side of that. So, and, and then once you're there, it's like you look back. And when I used to skate and I'd land a trick that I'd been trying forever, I would always look back and be like, did I just black out? I'm like, did I just land that trick without even realizing what I was doing? And you realize very quickly that it was only your brain that was getting in the way. Your legs knew what to do. And it's just a matter of you believing that you, that you, can, you can do it. So yeah, <laughs> that'd be my final note on that. Well, I think this is a great place to stop. Daniel, I th- thank you so much for coming on today. I know that I learned something and I know the listeners will as well. Uh, you can connect with Daniel below. All his links will be there. Thank you, Daniel, so much. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Unstucked podcast. Visit us at unstucked.com and follow us on TikTok at Unstucked.